0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, Citizen Made Radio.
1: Hello and welcome. Welcome to Emergence News. Our topic today is an essay by Nicholas Roerich. The essay is titled Maitreya, an essay, and it was first published in 1932. And it's going to be what we're talking about. However, but to start with, who are we? We are a small group of people, co-workers if you like, who have heard a story that has touched our minds and hearts to such a degree that that we feel a need to share that story with others. In other words, we have a mission. This radio program is part of our mission, to bring to the world the story of an emergence. It is the emergence of the world teacher for this age, Maitreya, the Lord of love, the teacher of angels and men alike, the prophesied coming one. So therefore, this is a message of hope and change. So yes, you are currently sharing your listening space with a group of people that have a mission. might be a little frightening for you. I have a mission. Have you? Is yours big enough and clear enough that you can enunciate it to others? Does it scare you? Are you a little worried about your sanity at times? Is it viable? Is it confirmed elsewhere? Or do you just believe? If all the above is true, now throw some honest scrutiny on it. Does it sizzle or burn or just slide away down the drain? Or did it grow? Missions are great to have, just don't get too attached to them. With me today in our studio and on the same mission are Shafia. Hello. And Peter.
2: Hi there, John.
1: Okay, give us a quick snapshot about what you're going to talk about, Shafia. Okay, that's fine. Great. Peter, moving on. (laughs) I've always wanted to do that. (laughs) Okay, Shafia, go ahead.
0: Well, you know, Nicholas Rorich talks about sort of the presence of Maitreya in the world going back a long, long time. Yes. So I thought it would be really good to look a little bit at the legend of Maitreya that is being passed down through the esoteric traditions today. So.
2: Fabulous. Cool. Peter, what have you got? Yes, I was just going to talk a wee bit about the uh, some of the history of Maitreya in, with regard to the Buddhists, of course, and their statues and that sort of thing that they've built around the world.
1: All right okay so let me get back to where we started so roerich wrote this essay maitreya back in 1932 and it's been repackaged i guess as maitreya advent of a teacher recently published 2021 it's a collaboration between jared arstson and the nicholas Rorich museum in new york city and is based on this essay and a series of paintings that Rorich did called Maitreya. We've been sent a link to this book in our group. However, I've Googled it this morning and can't find out where you could purchase it from. I didn't do too much research. But anyway, let me give you a quick synopsis and then the other guys can jump into uh, with their story. So basically, a man and his wife and son go traveling through some of the least known parts of the world, Central Asia. It's back in the 1930s. Actually, the late 1920s, I think. And he discovers that the story of Maitreya, the emerging teacher, is found in many religions and spiritual practices. It's a very consistent message. There are multiple references to the white rider, which is a reasonably recent phenomenon for us too. I think, guys, if you remember back in the Arab Spring in the early 2010s, that also featured a white rider. Appearing to to crowds. That's true. Yes. Rorich also paints uh, as he travels uh, in response to his observations and experiences. And they're also a feature of this publication. During his travels, he discovers many layers of interconnectedness and universality in the spiritual life of those who he moves through and who he meets. There's a similarity in spiritual forms, ideas and symbolisms. This golden thread uh, that religious studies uh, academics talk about are common themes and concepts that humanity uses to reach for and communicate with the divine. Overlaying these common themes is a constant reference to Maitreya as the coming one. Okay, so what I found attractive about this essay is the writing style of Rorich. He displays a dispassionate passion for his topic and discoveries. I'm not mm. even sure that's a word, but anyway. He is demonstrating, to my mind anyway, honesty, sincerity, and detachment. Although Roerich is fully aware of the spiritual life, his wife is, after all, Helena Roerich, the creator of the Agni Yoga teachings. Mm. He brings a detachment and innocent wonderment to his writings. I found myself thinking, what makes this universal, clear-minded approach to Rorich discoveries, even possible, bearing in mind he's a man of his age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here is a quote from the Quran that Rohit uses in the writings. "O oh peoples of the earth, throw off all your ties. If you desire to reach the encampment prepared for you by God, he is practicing honesty, sincerity and detachment, which is a topic you and I have talked about a lot mm-hmm. um, before, and one of the guiding principles of Maitreya's teachings. Okay, we'll come back to you guys in a minute. All right, that was my kick in.
0: Shafia, what have you got? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the legend of Maitreya because I thought it would be good to have a look at it before we go into a little bit more of what's happening around the world. So... The, the legend of Maitreya has been passed down through the ages through esoteric lore and is now i guess one of today's myths and to do this we need to return to the mythical land of atlantis and its civilization which we are told through legends was far more a far more advanced civilization than we have today
1: not hard to do <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry.
0: It had technological abilities beyond what we have achieved and its religion was psychism, which is the ability to see clairvoyantly into the worlds we only know now in our dreams and imagination. It is said that humanity was evolving strongly in its astral or emotional body, but was still unevolved in its thinking processes. And I guess that's where we have we are ahead of them <laughs> now. Can, can we safely Flaunders? <laughs> <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> it had a germ of mind but was much more of a herd or group mind. And as we've talked about before in other programs in the last in the last two the last 2000 years known as the age of Pisces is the time where humanity has been evolving the mind and developing individuality. So yes, I think there's a lot more people here who have ideas of their own and that's a good thing. Mm. Even yeah. though it causes yeah. quite a bit of um, separation.
1: Even though they're wrong, Shafia. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> today, people are generally able to think and rationalise for themselves. Back in the days of Atlantis, there were a few people with this capacity, and so the few that had developed the mind became the priest kings, able to manipulate the masses to their will. And we could say that's, uh, that we have an echo of that happening today mm, very as well. Much. Yeah. Yes. That would have been okay, I guess, if they'd been altruistic and group conscious, but they came to control all the technologies of energy and light and also interpret the phenomena and psychic experiences which everyone had access to. In this way, they made the people dependent on them. And again, we're seeing echoes of that in our societies today. According to the legend, there existed at ha- even higher levels a society of beings of extremely high evolution who had come from other planets to help guide the Earth and its inhabitants. We introduced them every program as the Spiritual Hierarchy, the Masters of Wisdom, the Illumined Brotherhood, the Great White Lodge, and there are many other names. It is said that they did not contain a single strain of selfishness, hatred, greed or jealousy. They tried to help the people of Atlantis, but the great law of free will meant that they could only offer help and guidance, according to man's own effort and invocation. The ignorance and dependence on the selfish priest-kings, who jealously guarded their privilege, was a source of great sadness for these enlightened ones, who could only wait and watch the cruelty and deprivation go on and on. What they did do, however, was to look for the brightest lights among the people, souls who manifested love purely enough to be granted access to the higher mysteries. These few were taken in by the hierarchy as disciples and trained carefully in techniques of white magic and in control of the mind, emotions and body. They were taught how to prevent glamours, illusions and desires from controlling their lives. After death, these few disciples continued their training with the ashrams of the hierarchy, living in their subtle light bodies. As time progressed and opportunities became available, their souls again took up physical incarnation in the rapidly fading society of Atlantis. These disciples worked as points of inspiration to the people of Atlantis and gradually gathered around them those who were beginning to break free from the control of the priest kings. Finally, Atlantis came to a point of such a destructive nature, with all its technologies being used against the people, that it became obvious that humanity could go no further in that way without doing permanent damage to the planet. The disciples were instructed to take their groups into the wilderness, and the decision was made by the masters to affect the energies holding the planet's crust under Atlantis. Earthquakes, volcanoes and storms swept across the land leading to the submergence of the continent of Atlantis. Many believe that the story of Noah and the ark comes from mm. the sinking of Atlantis.
1: Ah, yeah, interesting.
0: Yes, yeah. and it's also a very good warning for us that we will not be allowed mm, to ruin... To ru- the planet. No, mm. that, you know, and, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, we should learn from these stories. <laughs> oh, do we? Do we? <laughs> well, I think we should. I think we are, I think we are. <laughs> as the evolution of humanity continued aided and directed very carefully by the great lodge and their disciples the disciples themselves grew in ability and trustworthiness and from among this handful of disciples there stood out one figure as a very exceptional student worthy of every special attention indeed it has been said that he attracted the attention of the mother of the world who helped him to grow into what he is today This rare and gifted disciple came to be called Maitreya, meaning the happy one or the kindly one. When, after many incarnations, Maitreya had come to demonstrate a very high level of attainment, he was joined in his work by a soul of equal development who had evolved on other planets. He had been waiting for the right conditions to continue his progress. He joined Maitreya, and with each passing lifetime, these two brothers came into deeper and deeper levels of their own awareness through what has occultly been called the Path of Initiation. Eventually, they were considered equal with other members of the spiritual hierarchy. And so it came to be that for the first time, members of the human race became part of the spiritual hierarchy of this planet. Maitreya was given the role of the Christ, embodying the great principle of love, and has the great honour of being the first of humanity to achieve that status, but also the added honour of creating the first Christ on a non-sacred planet. Other Christs there are in our solar system, but we are the first non-sacred planet to achieve such a momentous event. Maitreya's brother was given the role as the anchor of wisdom for the world. We, of course, know him as the Great Buddha, he works closely with Maitreya, residing in Shambhala, the etheric home of the spiritual hierarchy. As the new civilization grew and the ages of time passed, Maitreya and the Buddha were given positions of great responsibility so that the beings formerly holding these positions might be free to go on to other areas of work in the unfolding universe. Gradually, as humanity progresses and individuals become masters themselves, The spiritual hierarchy for this planet became staffed by members of humanity. Today, there are 64 members of the spiritual hierarchy linked to this planet. (laughs) And eventually, there will be 44 living and working among us.
1: I have a question. I have a question. Yes. I don't know if I can wait till the end. Okay. Um, Are there any non-Earth masters still involved with the planet?
0: I don't know. Do you know Peter?
2: Know. No, I don't actually.
1: I think the comment you made about them, about the human uh, unfoldment on this planet, has filled those roles. Yes. And that the the, the leadership that came from off planet's now gone on. Yes, I don't know. No. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, we... Peter
1: doesn't know no one
0: Well, uh, no. you
2: know, the only possibilities are Hercules and Hermes, really. But I don't know. Honestly, don't know.
1: Oh, okay. All right. And maybe
0: we'll have to wait until we meet these... Look,
1: I can't wait any longer. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So, where did I get to? Eventually, there'll be 44 living and working among us, and maybe one day some of us may choose to serve in this way.
1: (laughs) Don't look at me like (laughs) (laughs) that.
0: Some of these now-perfected people we have known through history as Plato, Mother Mary, Aristotle, Joan of Arc, and St. Francis as well as, you know, Jesus and all his disciples, to name but a few. Maitre is the head of the hierarchy and will remain so for the next age, the age of Aquarius. Then he too will move on to a higher spiral of planetary evolution. The remarkable part of this legend is that throughout each of these legendary appearances of Maitre and the Buddha, there is foretold the next coming and the appearance of the world teacher, the ever-coming one who sows the seeds for the coming age. That we have arrived at a time when Maitreya is actually with us in human form is a reason for rejoicing. He has the ability to see into human hearts, so he must have the confidence in us to overcome the challenges we are currently facing. Confidence that maybe we do not have in ourselves, John. Mm, Yes, (laughs) who knows? Our elder brother Maitreya, the great Lord of Love, is here with us. We encourage all our listeners to share this knowledge with your friends and family. No one could or would be expected to believe it without some serious investigation. But from my own experience, the investigation is worth the effort as it reveals the hope and help that is there for all of us, whoever and wherever we are. It will hopefully give you the inner intuitive knowing that all will be well and all manner of things will be well.
1: It's a lovely quote. Yes. From Maitreya himself. What is interesting about the essay by Rorich is that he constantly discovers, as he traipses through Central Asia, this relationship between Maitreya and Buddha. Yes. And at times they are considered one.
0: Yes, that's right. So that's
1: an interesting connection there. Okay, we'll take a break and come back to Peter shortly.
2: This is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org.
1: Thank you, Shafia. really interesting stuff. Peter, what have you got?
2: Yes, well, I was having a look at um, Maitreya's um, link with the um, people of both the um, Hindu and also the Buddhist religion and um, it's sort of right in there. and uh, I was amazed to find actually the mention of the in the Hindu tradition, although the Hindus await the um, wait Krishna yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, too, do they give uh, credit to Maitreya as Mm -hmm. being um, a a person of, um, you know, loving kindness is the way they say his uh, his name is. And uh, the Hindu tradition, Maitreya says, the best renunciation where one abandons pride, wealth, delusion and lust. Mm -hmm. Where delusion dies in a person, enlightenment is born. And I thought that was lovely from the Hindu perspective. It was surprised to find the link between the Hindu tradition, but he is mentioned in various places in the Sanskrit writings. I understand that generally the Hindu await him as Krishna, and of course he did fulfill that role in history. The Buddhists, of course, await for him and honor him with their statues and charity institutions. They even have a school called Maitreya School in Bogada in India. There are many statues, either built or in progress, dedicated to Maitreya Buddha, and many more are planned. I remember actually seeing a small statue of Maitreya Buddha in Dunedin years ago And it was in a Chinese um, art display, actually, and it was from the 13th century. So it was quite amazing to me to see that. I mean, um, I'd come across Matreya, obviously, at that time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known it. But um, to see that that was actually linked to China Mm. at the time in the 13th century Mm. was quite sort of amazing to me.
0: Well, if you think that Maitreya has been around with the Buddha for, you know, millennia, really, hasn't he? Ever since Atlantis, then, yes. you know, that sort of that, and and, and under that name. yes, that, And know,
1: evolved quite early on yes. in, in yes. humanity's history. So I guess there will be echoes of that using your term, Shafir, through a lot of human history.
2: Mm. Yes. Well, I mean, it's only really once that the Buddha actually mentioned Maitreya, and it's about him coming again the mm-hmm. next Buddha would be uh, yes. Maitreya yes the happy one and mm. um that um,
1: using Buddha as a role and a rank rather than a personal name. yes yeah. and
2: he would be so this is why the Buddhists of course um you know exonerate him and at least um you know build these statues and that sort of thing for them um and I was um I'm impressed with the work both in Nepal and India with the schools that provide both education and food and hostels in many cases for the children um, and their communities. They have all sorts of... They have hospitals as well in these communities that, mm-hmm. uh, that are run by the... Um, the, the Buddhists and uh, you know so the whole community is geared up around Maitreya mm-hmm. and it's sort of something that we don't really think about mm-hmm. or know or understand
0: mm-hmm.
2: but Maitreya is the centre point of their lives mm-hmm. and uh, to see the faces of the children and the, some of the photographs they absolutely amazing they're just uh, absolutely beautiful you know mm-hmm. just, um, they have a, a joy about them that uh, you know that children do have yeah. but you know their um, teaching is very much on a spiritual basis, but you know linked in together with thankfulness for their food and their education and this sort of thing. So it's absolutely fantastic. And that's
0: one of Maitreya's messages, isn't it joy? the joy? Yes. Of that's right.
2: He said you know that joy is in our hearts and uh, this is mm. where we've got to find it. And of course, Maitreya's first concern is to feed the starving people in the third world and uh, he keeps saying that we need to share the resources of the world and i see that in that september Share international that um, oxfam says there's a six-fold increase in people suffering famine-like conditions since the pandemic began the inequality has deepened the wealth of the 10 richest people increased by 413 billion last year This is 11 times more than what the United Nations says is needed for its global humanitarian aid. This is a symptom of a a broken system. Despite the pandemic, global military spending rose by 51 billion. And, you know, this is just obscene, really, if you think Mm -hmm. about it, that um, there's so many of these people have this food insecurity all around the world.
1: And we're spending so much on on armaments. Armaments, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. We're on the wrong course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're saying that even in, like, South Sudan, who seems to have a lot of wars and a lot of um, displacement, um, they've only raised 20% of a mere 1.68 billion with regard to, you know, the aid that's required by the United Nations. And school closures have deprived hundred and twenty million children in India of their main meal. Mm. Close the school and the kids mm. don't get to yeah, eat. Of course. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I guess the same thing has happened in New Zealand. You know, I know that some of these great charities are here that are arranging lunches for kids and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. These mm. kids don't get it, do they? When mm. they close the school.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, Maitreya coming is about world change, change in our understanding of the needs of our planet, the ecological balance, and the change in our economic system so that all people are fed and cared for properly. Change in relationships between people everywhere. The true understanding that humanity is one will show the absolute necessity for this profound transformation. This is the making of a new world.
0: Mm. And I think for me, when I was reading, you know, the the, the legend and that book by Nicholas Rorich, it's a, how many incarnations that it takes, you know, even with somebody like Maitreya, you know, they talk about all these mm-hmm. incarnations, that he's been through everything that we've gone through, hasn't yeah. he? You know, and his, yeah, um, yes. both of them together, are sort of, they've, they've earned that sort of right to be where they are yes well
2: hopefully you can help us avoid the uh, catastrophes of Atlantis yes (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes okay guys look thanks very much we're going to wrap it up I just wanted to say great topic Um, we are in the age of an avatar his name is Maitreya and he is emerging now a well known historic figure and one that is present today yes great thank you great All this information can be found on the Share International website, www.shear-international.org. And also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website.
0: We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com.